out here at the small piece today. Gonna get a few projects done. Got some screening to do, maybe some C-minus food plot work because I'm not the best food plotter in the world. Uh, also some timber work. I've been working on a few good bedding area type improvements on this piece as well as some invasives. But, uh, you know, this has traditionally been the land of the 120s, but the last two seasons starting to see a lot better caliber out here. So pretty excited. Uh, it's cool now, so let's get to work. And that is how I spent my Saturday of Memorial. I was able to catch up with Dave Sunday evening for some beverages as well, so that was pretty solid. A little team cookout, Andy showed up, and we were grilling and talking about killing, if you will. Um, small piece, you know, got some good work in there, and I don't know. Uh, we'll see. It's something I kind of have kept in the back pocket for the last few seasons. Uh, tend to find some better bucks on public. Uh, that piece does have a good population as far as seeing deer, so it is a fun hunt. It's a little easier on the body, too, as far as uh, physically. But yeah, the other thing I got done recently as far as deer work is concerned before we get to the uh, Jake Bush interview, which is killer today, I might add, but uh, I got my bow set up. So I've been shooting, uh, pulled back the prime a few times there, and I'll talk a little bit more about my setup. Maybe I'll just do a straight up YouTube video because I that, that'll probably play better there. And I will say the prime seems quiet. I kind of like the grip. And I did do a nose button, so kind of liking that so far. I'd say I missed the biggest buck of my life because I couldn't find him in the peep and then to get settled in and yeah, it just happens fast. But uh, this interview's killer with Jake Bush. Uh, also, I did talk to Jake, I think after we pushed record and he is probably gonna come to the deer and beer night there in uh, July up there at Noctera Brewery. Like I said, oh, we got a killer door prize. XOP will be giving away a Vanish and a set of Ultra Mini Sticks. Uh, so that's that's pretty good prize. And obviously Onyx is covering the beer. I mean, come on, folks. That that should be a, a fun event. We'll we'll knock down some times a little closer to due date, uh, but kind of tentatively planned for a Thursday. Maybe a six o'clock doors open. Film launches at seven, and then we drink beers until until we we don't know. We're not going to set an end time. Davey Braid will be there, so you can't set an end time. Appreciate you guys tuning into this podcast. Jake and I always have a couple cool rabbit holes we dive into. It's some tactical base. I'd get some Jake on some rapid fire questions that I don't think a lot of people have touched on just to kind of find out who Jake Bush is. He's this big buck killer. Guys, enjoy. And if you're picking up any custom gear, enter code WEXP at checkout. Save yourself a little coin. We'll see you at the Ohio Mobile Roadshow. All right, I think we are live, Jake. Perfect. All right. So a familiar voice on the phone. Um, Jake and I have done probably half a dozen-ish podcasts at this point. Um, and a common guest, a, a guy who I wanted to get on for, for off-season winter scouting, and then we were just walking too many miles at different times. Um, I, I swear, you, you did more than I've ever seen you do, I feel like, this off-season. An 18-mile day, I do believe. Yeah, I was uh... – Somebody finally asked me the other day, they're like, what's the tally? And I had to go through and add them all up. Um, but yeah, the ones I've actually tallied and kept track of just over 300. So, oh my golly. Yeah. I, uh, I had plans to do 50. I was like, Jake, I'm gonna dial it back a little bit this year. Dude, I, I, I surpassed it. Uh, I was probably North of 70, probably close to 80. If you added in Turkey season, I probably got another 10, 15 in there. Um, 
which turkey season was good for you too i mean you got on you got on some sheds so hey got on some sheds and missed some jakes i mean i'll take that yeah i'll take that but um the other thing that i think is worth uh starting off here or or, or touching base on actually i want to start with this rapid fire segment these are a variety of topics i i didn't let you see these but i thought these were would be something that jake hasn't done on any other podcast that i think are worth mentioning i like it okay are you ready yeah, let's and, do it. and we're just going to, you can answer with multiple, if you need a sentence or two, that'd be great, but we're just going to keep pace. All right, Jake, how do you like your coffee? Black. Coffee or energy drink? Energy drink. What's the energy drink of choice? Ooh. Uh... Right now, what, what's a can that may be in your, your vehicle or, or in Rain. a trash can? Rain. Okay. Rains are pretty good. Okay. What is your go-to meal after you shoot a big buck? Backstrap. Okay. Summer beer choice. Oh, uh, probably Bushlight. Bushlight apple, actually, preferably. Isn't that in your video? It is. Yeah. It's uh, all I, boy. Uh, okay. I thought so. Okay. Bushlight. Dave would approve. Um, wide buck or big brows? <sighs> I've never shot a wide buck. Never shot a buck over 16 inches inside spread. So that'd be nice. Okay. Um, What's your favorite sports team or teams? Oh, uh, I've been a Steelers fan for a long time. I really used to follow football. That's kind of dropped off now. Uh, besides that, I would say probably the Yanks, man. Okay. Are you a baseball guy? Oh, yeah. yeah. So since, since moving to Ohio, have you made an Ohio State football game? I have not. I've been trying not to do that, but. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I Listen, I throw one to two tailgates a year. I think we need to make it happen. Yeah, but don't, isn't that normally like last week of September, first week of October? So, so I try to do one early September when the weather's like primo, deer season's not in. And then I do try to throw one for the wife, maybe towards later September, early October. It just kind of depends. All right. Maybe that first one. All right. Here's another whitetail experience special. What is your frozen pizza of choice? Oh man, you're, you're calling me out now, huh? <laughs> uh, it'd probably be something like, uh, probably a red Baron. I like red Baron's pretty solid. Yeah. The red Baron's are pretty good if we're going frozen. Okay. Um, on a road trip, what is your, uh, your stop of choice, uh, as far as a food place that, that you're going to stop and either grab a bite to eat going to and from maybe a long hunting trip. Dairy queen, large Oreo blizzard every time whoa that was out of left field i like it i like it um best purchase you've made in the last six months this can be hunting related non-hunting related something for the house something random Ooh, uh i would say that it would have to be just got a longbow oh okay we're gonna get to that yep that's a whole nother topic but yeah i've been shooting a little bit it's it's rough my arm's a little bruised up but Okay. Okay. What is going on the grill this weekend? As far as this, we're recording this Memorial weekend. I actually just grilled uh filet mignons like t- probably a half hour ago and just finished up beating that. So that was pretty good. And then we're going to do some walleye tomorrow in New York and we're going to do filet mignons again on Sunday. So a little nice. I, I just got some New York strips out and uh, I do like a reverse sear uh, technique and, and seems to be pretty good. I can bat a pretty good percentage on, on performance on that guy. That's awesome. All right, Jake, that is the rapid fire segment. I thought those were kind of fun and uh, interesting. I didn't know you were a baseball guy. 
and, and yeah, the energy over coffee drink. There was a few good ones in there. So, yeah. all right, Jake, I just put a video out and you might as well have been uh, part of the video and the testing that, that went into budget camps. And I know you currently are testing some budget cams and you and I kind of uh, have bounced back and forth on ideas. Um, I think it's, it's worth noting. Do you have any update on budget cams or, or a couple maybe favorite mentions? Yeah, so uh, the Myers for me were not ideal, I would say, last year. You know, out of all the ones that I ran, uh, you know, I'll take that back because the Myers that I ran on video mode turned out pretty good. You know, the videos were actually pretty clear. The videos were clearer than the photos were, which kind of surprised me. You know, I didn't expect that. But uh, I actually got some pretty good intel from a video in a rut location where I had a buck run through and then he was actually being chased around by a really nice 10 point. So that was cool to see. Um, besides that, I just ended up getting, I want to say maybe 10 or 12 wild views. They come in a three pack. So I guess it's either nine or 12. Um, but you know, I was trying to bump up my numbers a little bit this year in the wild views. It was like 119 bucks for three of them, I think. So, you know, that what, $40 range. They might've even been less than that. It might've been like 35 bucks a piece. Okay. Um, have you had any results from those or are those yet to be deployed? I've got one out right now, just in my ravine at the house. So I've yeah. got to check it and then kind of, kind of see what I think, you know, the last thing I want to do, like we've talked about is do one of these big loops to put 10 cameras out in a spot and then three budget cams don't work. So I really like to verify that they function before I take them out. So that's um, yeah. Yeah. I should have some, some info on those at the end of the year. Okay, solid, solid. And then uh, you're not as big on the Browning cameras because you uh, the camera lens isn't as wide angle as some of the other cameras. Yeah, yeah, that's the one thing. I mean, I still like them. The pictures are clear. They do a really good job. I would say that they're definitely like in the top tier as far as durability and reliability goes. Mm -hmm. The biggest issue that I have with them is just like from my standard cameras that I've ran in the past, if I put it on the same tree as another camera, yes, the field of view is, is shortened quite a bit. You know, I would say even probably, you know, let's say at like 20 yards, it might be shortened like five feet each side. So 10 feet total that you're missing out on now. Yeah. I, it, noticed, um, I noticed it if like this, like tree to like, let's say you're hanging on a tree that's like five yards from a scrape. You're like, Ooh, downward angle you're making everything smaller versus it'd be ideal if that tree was more seven ten yards from that scrape um that's where i noticed those browning cameras that tight field of view is a is a slight knock uh, so so i thought that was worth mentioning that you pointed that out to me yeah but it, it depends though right because maybe if you have the camera further back it has a little better image quality at that longer distance and i'm not you know i'm not a professional at that but it makes yeah. sense in my head at least. So it's possible. No, I would agree. Uh, I, I would agree. So, uh, yeah, the, the wild view is getting tested and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have some good notes, good, good segment to, to always touch base on for sure. Any others you want to point out or recommend? I know you got some, some lone wolves and, and those are a little bit outside the, the true budget range, but those are pretty solid and, and no mount. Yeah, I like the idea of the lone wolves a lot. Uh, just, you know, that swivel base on them makes a lot of sense to me. One of my biggest issues when I'm hanging either a camera really high or, you know, I was talking to you about hanging them down at like uh, ankle height. So they're basically invisible in the woods. Uh, either way, 
you always have to have like a shim, right? And you can make something or you can buy mm-hmm. something or like what I've always done because I run so many cameras, I'll just walk around and find a good stick. But I really like the idea of the pivot, you know, that pivot mount, I think is going to be a, a big deal for me. So I'm excited about that. And then camera wise, you know, I would say that there's a lot of good, like there's a lot of decent budget cams out there and yeah, they might not be anywhere close to the hundred dollar camera or the 150 or $200 camera. But for me, the whole purpose of a camera at this point and what I'm doing is just trying to locate a buck that I want to target. Like that's the number one thing. So the more eyes in the woods that I have, the better. And the only way for me to do that is to run a lot of these budget cams at you know, that $30, $40 price range, because I'm a working guy. Mm. It, it makes it justifiable. You know, I'm up to just under 60 cameras this year. So if I had, you know, $150 cameras, I, I couldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I lost, uh, I lose one or two a year. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and I think you had a little more theft than normal. Um, it was SD cards. They just, huh. Oh, they keep getting my SD cards. It's driving me nuts. Damn. Damn. So how many, uh, before we wrap up cam talk, how many, what's your percentage of cams you got out right now? Um, I, I know I only have like three of 20 ish. We'll call it out and, and, I'll take a day or two and here and there. I'm not super pressed. I just got to get them out by really September one. Um, yeah, no, I like that. Um, I don't, so the only ones that I have out right now are just at the house. So uh-huh. I'm running a couple at the house, you know, I've got just shy of seven acres here. So it is possible that a good buck comes in for like Hannah, you know, it would, it would have to be an unbelievable deer for me to try to chase it here and not on public just because I like the adventure side of it. But um, I'm going to start putting them out next Sunday and I'm going to take the next five Sundays after that and put cameras out. You know, I have five locations I'm running 10 in and then I have a couple that I'm just going to place randomly. But yeah, I'm basically just to try to balance the family life a little bit. I'm going to go out on Sundays and going to work out the best and I'm just going to do big loops. So my smallest loop is like just over 10 miles I have to do to try Mm -hmm. to each spot that I'm putting them is at least 10 cameras, some even 11 or 12. So just trying to do like a big day loop. I want to be there. I, you know, I'll wake up at like whatever time, four o'clock drive down there. And I want to make sure that my feet are hitting the woods right at daybreak. So I'm not wasting any time at all. I can get out. I can put all these cameras up. I can take my time. I can touch up the scrapes with uh, buck fever synthetics that I got from Troy Pottinger. I'm pretty excited about that. Nice. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's going to be pretty cool. I think I got quite a bit of it, so I'm excited, but yeah, that's kind of my game plan camera wise. I'm excited. So I've had, uh, like I went 50%, uh, with Troy, uh, one year, like I had one of the mock scrapes that I executed blow up and like do awesome. And then I had another one in a, well, it was back here at the house and there's just not enough deer to get a good result. Honestly, it's not necessarily a, it's just a low deer number area. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. But, um, all right. So that's, that's kind of my plan. Like I have, I'll try and go like once to twice in one of like June. Okay. If I, if I get out to, to one of my public pieces, scatter 10 cams out in a, in a day and come back and, okay, I'm only gone one day out of that month or maybe two. Um, and then same thing, July and then August, same thing. And then once September hits, then I can do maybe some of those card pulls, even like, like stupid early slash in the dark. Cause you, you know, I can kind of, season's starting to ramp up and, and and that's kind of my thought at this point um 
I yes. actually pr- plan to get two cams out. I'll prep them actually after this podcast. Sunday, I'm probably going to go to my small piece and do some TSI. And, uh, dude, I had two hammers there this year. Yeah, you were telling me about that. That's dude, awesome. I had a, I had a 12 point. Uh, there's a, I need to make a post of this. There's a picture of my sister and I going into to the farm uh, November 14th at like nine, or like d- daybreaks, six, seven in the morning. And then at 4 p.m. that day, a 12 point. 20 22 24 inch beam buck hits this scrape in the bottom um she shot her first deer uh, so no complaints how that hunt turned out but uh kind of cool that uh you know a hammer came through and then, then there was another buck in, in the mid 40s that, that i'm pretty jacked about because that piece really has been land of the 120s and so it's kind of could be cool next year if you will yeah hopefully it keeps rising up a little bit that'd be awesome. yeah yeah i got a new neighbor so that could that could help but uh jake something i've uh, noticed on your instagram lately the assault bike oh yeah this uh, yeah, the, the the training has been at a all-time high uh is that something you're shifting to i know you've been a big runner in the past talk to me a little bit about what's going on there yeah so you know i was i would say in the best shape that i've ever been in uh three years ago before i got covid and that kind of knocked me down, you know, it was before any of the studies came out about like working out while you were sick. And I've always been really stubborn. So I've always worked out the whole time and I ended up getting really sick and it put me down and out for like, I would say upwards of a year. I really couldn't work out. And then, uh, you know, it's been easing back into it over time. And last year I really took into the running thing. You know, I was trying to get my cardio back up to where it used to be and lose a little bit of weight for season because I like to be, you know, about that 165, 170-ish range for season, so I can climb the tree a little bit easier. And uh, I hurt my Achilles, so I couldn't run anymore. You know, that constant impact. I I went for like a a 10K one day, and I came back, and it was tight. And then the next day, I could barely walk, and it got pretty bad. So I decided this year, you know what? I want to get in even better shape, but I want to kind of take care of my joints and stuff doing that. So I still incorporate a little bit of running, but the majority of what I'm doing now is just on that assault bike and, you know, two different styles. I'm doing the hit for like the really high intensity, like say you're doing, you know, the big hill climbs with a stand on your back. I know that Mm -hmm. that kicks my butt. So I'm doing like these 20, 10 intervals of hit training on that for four minutes. And then the other thing I'll do is a couple of times a day, I'll do a hundred calories plus five minutes. So which generally is like, you know, 13 to 15 minutes, depending on how whooped I am. But yeah, that's my thought process is, you know, I want to be in, I, I, these, these summertime loops to put cameras up are the hardest thing I do all year because of the heat, the bugs, the, the more the conditions than necessarily just the, the exertion. It is exactly. So, you know, you're dealing the heat, you're dealing the bugs, you're dealing the, like the cover now, because there's, you know, there's a lot so it's, it's a mess, right? You know how it is. I mean, sometimes you're even on your hands and knees crawling around and stuff. And it's like, I don't want to get to the point where I'm, where I'm going into the day in a bad mood or like not feeling like I'm up for it or anything else. I want to know that I can just put all the cameras in my bag, grab my grail, go do my loop. And then I can be done with it. And I don't have to go back in there until September. So that's the plan. And uh, yeah, it's been working good so far. Nice. Now we, I will do a little more ruck oriented workouts, uh, starting in the summer i i'm just getting off some some crossfit uh military-esque workouts and i'm gonna build some strength back here for about a month and a half and then i'll, I'll run a little bit and kind of do a more well-rounded routine but but come come july august late july august i do like to start doing some rucks and some hill work if you will because there's nothing that that 
compares to poundage on your back, awkward weight, and then um, just the hills. I mean, that's it's yeah. tough to simulate. Uh, even stairmaster treadmill, it, it's a it's still different. It's yeah. I mean, especially when you factor in like you know you're taking a step up the hill, but your foot slides three four inches back in the leaves, or you step in some muck or. So yeah, it's so much better to, like you said, throw a ruck on and get back out there. And I'll do that same thing in the summertime. You know, I was uh, listening to a podcast with Andy May a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about how he, like, he he's the goat, right? Like, that's the yeah. guy that I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's what I'm- Andy, Andy speaks, we listen. Exactly. That's exactly. So he really talks about peaking his fitness going into season, right? Like he doesn't want to peak in- july or august he wants to make sure that he peaks when season starts that way he's ready to go because you can't maintain that peak all year round as much as we all like to think we can it's not possible so i'm really trying to get into that mode now where i'm like okay you know you've watched probably on my stories a little bit like i'm ramping up i'm ramping Mm -hmm. up and i'm just going to keep going and then hopefully yeah just like marathon runners and swimmers when they they um they adjust their program for race day yeah you're right exactly um yeah. And I think having a good, just baseline, right? Like at any given point, I, I need to be, I, I like to be fit. I like to be able to move well. Um, I like my strength to be a little better than, than, than average, especially for my size. So having a solid baseline is, is always key. Um, plus I'm a fidgeter, dude. If I don't work out, I'm in a bad mood. Um, but yeah, I think, I think some of that is definitely, uh, definitely helps in the timber, if you will. Yeah, it does. And you know, there's, there's people that go back and forth on it. I know that if I look at like the top tier guys in my book, the guys that I'm looking up to, the majority of them are, are following some sort of regimen or, or trying to at least make some sort of effort to stay in shape or to lose weight or something because it helps like, okay, it's not the end all be all. You don't need it. Right. Yeah. But you can't tell me that it doesn't help a little bit. Sure. And so that's, that's my thought process on top of the mental side of it. Like, you know, being a dad now I'm waking up every morning at 3.30 before work and I get my workout in. So when I can, so when I come home from work, I can spend time with my family. So I'm trying, you know, I'm sacrificing sleep and it's a little mentally draining to take care of my family, but that's also building up like that mental side of it too, which is helping. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I agree a hundred percent. And yeah, doing it at the beginning of the day or midday is way easier sometimes than after the work day for sure. All right, man. Well, it is summer. And I feel like in the past, and I don't know what's going on this year with you, but like you have been a very big uh, summer scouter. And part of that, you did move to Ohio like after fall or after winter, your first year. So like summer scouting was needed by all means. I myself, I have done some glassing. I will glass a few areas, but like it used to be a very big priority for me to like glass on a regular regular basis uh let's call it once a week or maybe even maybe even twice a week and and i'll be honest like it's it's just not the payoff that i'm getting and and some of the habitat i hunt is not uh conducive for it so like summertime i don't think i'm doing as much summer scouting i got a few days to get out cams and 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 i'll be shooting the bow and training and stuff like that but it's it's definitely not what it used to be even three years ago four years ago for me what what does your summer stuff look like this this year so it's evolving a lot, you know, if glassing can be extremely important and it can be a great tool, uh, summer scouting can be extremely important and it can be a great tool if you need it. 
And what I mean by that is if you're new to the area or if you don't have the intel that you need or you didn't find, you know, some signs that a buck that you were after in a specific area that you already have somewhat uh, patterned survived, you know, if you have that, then yes, you need to have do everything you can, right? But I'm kind of in the same boat as you are down here. You know, I used to do a lot of uh, spotlighting back in New York and that's how we found a lot of our bucks. We would just drive around in the summertime and spotlight or we would glass before dark or a combination of both. And I found deer to hunt like that because they were in those areas. Down here, you know, most of the ag ground that I'm around is all private. And there's a couple decent private fields where there's public nearby, but the problem with that is the deer might not make it out there in time or they, I'm, I'm just not finding those deer there. Like last year, I didn't see any deer there. You know, I've been doing this for a couple of years down here now. And same as you, it's like the, my best areas aren't conducive for glassing, at least in the standard way. And, yeah. and, you know, like one thing I've thought about a little bit is some of these areas that have clear cuts that are younger, that have, uh, like bigger bottoms, like wider bottoms. I might be able to glass those areas a little bit just on like a whim one night. But to be honest with you, like the, the spots that I have dialed right now are dialed for a reason. And I have Intel on those spots and I know there's good deer there. Like I just, I know that there's going to be good deer there. So I'm really trying to focus my learning new areas and in, into like the winter and the spring and I still want to learn a bunch of new spots. I want to look for different things, but I want to make sure that I'm really focusing on my good areas. And I already have, you know, I talked about it a couple months ago. I was like, yeah, you know, I have most of these spots dialed. Now I'm just looking for like the kicker, you know, say I have top five. I want that number six to replace one of those. Mm -hmm. But if it doesn't happen, I still feel confident going into trail cameras and into September that I'm going to have deer where I need to have deer. Well, and, and look at your uh, situation last year. You didn't have that buck until like, I want to say two weeks out from season. Cause I think you and I, we talk uh, offline and you're like, I got a few, but like, I don't have what I, what I want. Is, I think that's the exact phrase. Like you don't have the, the caliber you, that, that, you know, was really pumping your blood. And then I think three days before season, you said, dude, I got a hammer showed up. Yeah. Yeah. It was it, like, there was yeah. something in that exchange. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a few days before season. I went and checked that last set of cameras and he had showed up and I was anticipating a big deer being in there at some point. I just didn't know when, mm -hmm. but yeah, it was like pushing the limit, you know, right down to the last couple of days. So what I did last year that was different is I really focused on a specific uh, perimeter of my house, right? Like I was like, okay, I, I only want to be so far from my house because Charlie is, you know, a newborn and I want to be able to take care of things around the house. I want to be a good dad. That's the most important thing to me. So I did that and I kind of, you know, realized that there's not a whole lot of good deer in this area. I mean, there's good deer, right? But there's not a lot of those top tier deer. And so what I did this year is like, I said, okay, you know, I'm going to, I, I closed my circle in a lot last year. I need to spread out a little bit more again to some of the areas that I know are good. And I need to go focus on those spots again. And uh, I went down and shed hunting one of a, one of those spots with my brother. And you probably saw the stories. I mean, I think we pulled like eight sheds off one ridge, and one was a really nice 140 inch, you know, base eight point, and then a, just a slammer uh, six point side. So it would have been 12 point typical. And I know that deer; he was actually an 11 point. But 
Um, but yeah, so, th- so my thought process is I've got these spots dialed, I guess, more than anything else. I don't need to do as much glassing. I don't need to do as much summertime scouting because that's the most miserable time of year to be out there. It, it, it is, uh, uh, snakes, ticks, uh, mosquitoes, heat, uh, it's, it's just not a good time. Uh, uh, chafing. I mean, it's, it is, it is brutal. Now, but let's say, because I, I would bet some of our guys, actually my buddy, perfect example, he just lost his his honey hole 100 acre release that he's had for five years. Literally lost it yesterday. He won, no, no winter scouted uh, major done, no spring scouted major done. What are maybe like, because you've done a lot more than myself. Um, I have done some. And I have discovered some good things in the, in the, in the, the summer where um, one comes to mind is I found a really just a, a really good cruise shelf. I know I found like where vegetation on, on hillsides is, is something. And then you pop over the other side and it's, oh, wait, this is way thicker. There's more green bright. Like some of that stuff still applies, especially come fall. And it took boots to ground. Uh, was it fun? No, it was hot. I was hanging trail cams. I got poison ivy. Um, Actually, I can think of uh, uh, another brush line system that I was hanging a trail cam on, and the only tree to put it on, sure enough, had poison ivy. And uh, did I take a piss that day? Yes. And you can just do the math of what happened after that. But, like, what are maybe some tips or, or something you would concentrate on if a guy has to do some summer scouting here for the next couple of weeks? So I would get a grail so you can filter water out there. That's like That's a hell of a tip right there. Yeah. And I would make sure that I have the water I need. I would make sure that I'm really hydrated so I can go for more. You know, if you go out there and you get dehydrated, you're done in one day. That's all you got. The next day you're shot. You're just trying to recoup. So take care of your body. Go out, put boots on the ground, wear snake boots. You know, I I get some flack for that, but I wear snake boots because it's a peace of mind thing for me. There's videos popping up all over the place of rattlesnakes in Southern Ohio in the hills. So yeah, this year on the Facebook groups, I've never seen so many snake videos and terrifying. Yeah. Well, exactly. And there's, you know, a lot of these spots we're going to, like I have a spot that's like legitimate it's, it's over two miles from any road. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Like the nearest road is over two miles. It's a couple ridges. And if I get bit back in there with no cell phone service, it's not going to be good. Like I'm going to, it's going to take everything I have just to get back to my truck. And then I have to drive a half hour to sell signal. So I'm wearing snake boots. And what I really like doing is just doing your regular scouting that you would do, you know, look, like you said, look for the areas that have a lot of greenery, look for areas that have clear cuts, look for areas that have water, look for areas that have, you know, any sort of good food. As we get into summer, you can start glassing for acorns in the trees and that's a really good thing that'll help you out quite a bit. And uh, another tactic I really like doing is walking the tops of the ridges that I suspect good betting on. Okay. And I'll actually try to wind bump the bucks off that and glass them as they run down the hill. Because nine times out of 10 in the summertime, they'll run down to the bottom and they'll run, you know, they'll either stop in the bottom or they'll run halfway up the other hill and they'll look back. They want to see what it was. So if you just stop moving, They'll stop on the other side and you get to glass them for sometimes minutes as they're, you know, turning their head all sorts of different angles. And I've located a lot of good bucks like that and a lot of good beds like that early on in the, uh, in the summer. And then I've killed doing that same thing too. So, well, that's, uh, your first Ohio buck kind of, uh, describes mm-hmm. that. Yes. That's exactly how I killed my first Ohio buck, which is still the biggest buck I've ever killed. And there's a, 
you know, that, that wasn't by luck. It was by literally walking around all summer, even into September when most people would think that's crazy and just bumping deer, just trying to find deer because I didn't know where there was deer down here. So, you know, that, that's a, that's something that I would do for sure. Okay. Let me ask this. How, um, how much are you putting stock in say, uh, clear cuts and like, can you glass them? Should you just maybe use those for trail cam information in the summer? What are your kind of two cents on that? A little bit of everything. So I have found that in big wood settings, if you have clear cuts, it seems like the older, more mature deer are going to be around those if there's not a bunch of human or hunter intrusion. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just the way it seems to work down here. So I do like to focus on clear cuts. Uh, I've glassed them in the past quite a bit. You know, I'll even take a stand in and hang a stand up and then that way I get a better vantage point or just climb a tree. You know, if you can climb a tree, you know, six, eight feet off the ground, it's got a lot of good limbs glass doing that um are you just taking a saddle i assume for that just because you can set that saddle three or four feet off the ground and then you're standing like eight to ten foot yeah i would so i used to actually take a stand but uh yeah i would take a saddle now for sure and i mean even if you're just even if you're just climbing up the limbs of a tree you could still be harnessing yourself in as you go up you know being tethered off which is going to be important to stay safe out there too but uh yeah so i i glass them quite a bit I run a lot of cameras around them and I like to really focus on finding the community scrapes or the hub scrapes that are nearby to that thick cover. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's, that's generally one of my, my, one of my biggest things I'm looking for. So I, I do that. And I also look for like the, be- like one, if there's like a mini hogback going into that clear cut, that's always pretty good. Or just like the best beat down trail that's somewhere in the upper half it doesn't even have to be the upper third, just the upper half. If you got a hammer trail uh, working right into that cut, I mean, I, I've always had good luck uh, running cams on that. Yeah, and what do you think about, like, sign leading to and from them, too? You know, like, if you're walking the transition of the cut, you know, I, I've tried to focus in on, okay, there's, you know, a rub line going into the cut right here on this faint trail or thick trail, whatever it is. Or, hey, you know, there's a scrape right here. That's something that I'm going to try to focus on, too. So if you're if you're really short for time, one of the best things that you could do is mark off a bunch of cuts on, like, some leeward hills somewhere, somewhere in the hills if you're hunting hill country. And just walk the transition line of those and then walk the creek bottoms looking for big tracks. Like, you just, you know, you just cut out 90% of the sign you're going to find and if you have that that's more than enough to get you started you know you could be really close to killing a good deer doing that yeah and i would say um i would say what uh what about scrapes because sometimes i feel like you you find one hub scrape and you can almost just look at a map and be like okay if i walk this hillside it should be about here and then when you visually get there you can almost pinpoint it just based on the uh, the tree specimen um if yeah, you will. yeah I, I feel the same way i really do and i would say that the majority of the hub scrapes i'm finding and this could this could sound cocky i guess but it's not cocky but the majority of the ones that i find i've already picked out on a map and i walk in there and they're they're within 100 yards of that location like they're just they're almost always where you would expect them to be in those spots and then you have to like okay well now you found the hub scrape but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to kill the buck you're after there but But that's a good way to gauge inventory 
yes, that's where you're going to get your inventory. And there's, there's a chance you could kill there. I've killed there quite a few times, but you can also determine that he's hitting that and then track him back to his bed and find an even closer scrape or, a, you know, a secondary food source or a rub line or anything else that's going to help tip you off to that deer being there. But like, that's, yeah, you can find them based yeah. on e-scouting a lot of times. Something I've done in the summer, and I don't have to do it as much now, but um, let's say I got a new piece that I'm hunting, is I find like these pins, these hunting locations that I want to hunt. And I don't know what's in and out of there at this point, but I've just said, oh, you know, looks like based on what I'm walking through, this is a good area to hunt. This is a good, good stand location. In the summer, sometimes I've gone back to that area. It, maybe I'm going to put out trail cams. Maybe I'm not. But I've almost like kind of figured out my access where, oh, I should park on this parking lot. And I can go through this area, jump this creek and, and go up this hillside. Sometimes I feel like I, I get to my winter scouting and I just, I mark hunting pins and I, I don't exactly have the route in and out of there fully scheduled. And, and I use summer sometimes to, to sure that up or whatever. Um, so, yeah, so even, I have done that a lot in the summer. Yeah. Even just hanging trail cams, right? Like I've noticed a lot just hanging cameras. I'm like, man, the way that I'm taking in here, it just, it doesn't make any sense. Like, yes, I, I winter scouted or spring scouted in this way, but I need to switch it up. And I'll, I'll, I'll note that while I'm hanging the cameras. And then when I go to check the cameras, I'll walk in the route that I think that I need to take to kill that deer. And I'll verify that everything works the way that I want it to, you know, like, okay, I'm down in this bottom that I normally wouldn't walk in to get here, but this is how I would hunt here. And that buck cannot see me from his bed. Or, you know, if I get to this point, my wind should be doing this or, Hey, that's a West wind today, September one, I'm checking the camera. And my wind is not blowing up to his bed. My wind is blowing down and out of the chute like I sure. was hoping. It would. You know, there's a lot to gauge from that that can help you out quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. In, in fact, uh, turkey season kind of mirrors your thought of what you, you kind of just described, dude. I got out there on the on, on the imagery, like you can't see anything. But dude, this hillside that I was planning on coming across and getting into this system, not even like one stand, like a series of stands and areas that I have mapped out from off season, dude. I remember I was walking, I was like, I just want to be out of this because it's so thick. It's not a cut, but it's just thick vegetation. It was annoying. I was like, I can't see, I can't walk. Um, it was one of those things like, dude, to get into this system, I got to figure a new way out. I'm still looking at maps, trying to figure it out. I, I'm not hundred percent sure what I'm going to do. Um, but let's, uh, let's, let's make a shift here. Um, something I wanted to ask you on, is there any, um, any new gear you're excited about for, for the, the coming season, any changes that you may be making? Uh, I know you, you've been shooting some trad bow. I don't know if you want to speak to that, but that's something that'd be a big change. Yeah. So there's quite a bit, you know, I'm still going to be running the 0.5. I really like that setup, but I do have a 0.75 coming in as, as well. And I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. There's a couple of reasons for it. I'm going to put a a little bit better pack system on it. I'm going to go with the one that you're using. It's a, uh, help me out here. What is it? What is it? It's I got a few. Um, I actually just ordered some Kefaru straps. Um, and then I've got a Kuyu frame as well that I've put on stuff. That's um, so yeah, yeah, that's dude, I mean, the way you pack your stuff. I've also used some military Mully stuff. I'm sure you have some Mully's laying around. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that is, and I was interested to know that you're going to do the, or look at the 0.75 as an option. Yeah, I am. I, I like the idea of it. You know, there's a little bit more moving around there. And like I said, I've, I'll still like primarily run the 0.5 because it's such a sweet setup for me. And for like the way that I do the saddle, hunting the hybrid, 
yeah, just everything works really smooth with it. Um, could yeah, be a rut then. And it might be. And I, I was thinking about that, you know, Kansas could be in the plans. I'm waiting for them to, to announce their, uh, their draw results, which normally is done by now, but I don't know what's going on there, but um, they're under the gun, man. It's they becoming must a popular be. thing. I know it is. So that's, I was thinking about that. I was like, man, there's probably so many people applying now that I'm not going to get in anymore. They're, they're but, taking uh, extra cash from people putting extra, extra cash in there. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so I'll probably take that out there or take it to New York on my mountain hunt. I do every year, you know, something like that. But, uh, but yeah, besides that, I do have a, a fix too. And I like the idea of the fix, especially if I'm, you know, just know I'm going way back somewhere. I'll probably take that or mm -hmm. anytime that I'm filming anybody, I really like to be in a saddle. Yeah. It's so easy to maneuver. You're on the back of the tree. You're not affecting anything. You yeah. know, it just makes sense. So, you know, I film my brother, I film Hannah, I film a couple buddies throughout the year. And it's just like, I'm, I'm taking the fix for that, you know, every single time. So, yeah. And if you take Hannah, I know you're probably having to carry both stands. Oh yeah. Yep. So, so that so, does so, help. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Take yeah. that little fix and that 0.75, you'd be good to go. Uh, exactly. I think my sister's going to hunt a little more this year. Um, I will probably give her the 1.0 in like two or, or I might go all XOP with her because I can hang because the buckles are on the stick of the XOP. Like I can hang an XOP real fast. So I may, I, she may be running like two XOP long sticks. She's afraid of heights, but uh, I think she's a little bit by the bug that, that, that she now had success that she'll hunt like instead of two or three days a year, like four or five and maybe a heavy three or four during like the, the peak of the rut. Jake, yeah. let, let me ask an off the ball topic here. Are you a margarita fan? Oh yeah, yeah. I so like so I I am dabbling here tonight in a ranch Rita. This is a uh, oh I I've been social media attacked by uh, what brand is this? Oh, out of Texas, Ranch Water, and they have a ranch margarita in a can. I'm telling you what, this thing's delicious. Really? Yes. Not too sweet. Um, just a classic Marg flavor. Uh, six percent alcohol. Um, uh, yeah, the, their social media got me, and uh, I tried it, and I'm I'm a fan. I don't know if I'm going to do three or four of these, but I will definitely start the night off with one. And then I will transition to uh, some Miller lights. There you go. Okay. Back to deer. Uh, so that, that's some new gear for you. Uh, the trad bow thing. Oh, yeah. Are you still debating it or going full, full scent? No, I, I will not go full scent. Reason being is uh, I can't because, you know, the deer that I'm after in Ohio, at least are so far and few, like the, you know, that really upper class deer is so hard for me to find. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine having him walk by at 25 yards and just watching him walk because I can't shoot 25 yards. It, it doesn't make that much sense to me yet. I think someday maybe it will, maybe I'll get really fine tuned and I'll be like Nathan killing. I'll be, like, Oh my gosh, dude. I, I, I caught him on that last podcast. He's an assassin. Yeah. He's just, a guy like that is at a totally different level. And maybe someday I'll have that confidence level to where I'm like, yeah, I can take it out. Or maybe someday I'll just accept the challenge of it. But I think what it's going to be for now is it's, it's a way to really strengthen my shot process, I think. And, mm -hmm. you know, at least for me in my head where it is harder to pull back, it's harder to hold becoming more stable shooting. That is definitely helping my compound archery quite a bit as far as like, shot stability you know that's something i've always struggled with a little bit is being a little bit shaky when i'm fully drawn back so it's helping already i can see a difference um and then it's going to be like a way for me to shoot some does and 
I was going to ask if you were going to doe hunt maybe at the house or late oh, season, yeah. hopefully after. At, no, we're going to put this positive vibes out of that. After you shoot your Ohio buck, maybe go out with the stick bow. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, so hopefully, you, like, hopefully like September 26th, I'll be chasing does around with it. Right, right, <laughs> right. Do, do we open like the 25th? Yeah, I think so. 25th, okay. 24th, something like that. But, nice. uh, but yeah, that'll be, that'll be what it's used for, for the most part. I think it'll be fun. You know, it, it, it's a fun thing to shoot even. I like shooting it so far. So it's there. We'll see. Yeah. It, it's funny. You mentioned it's helped you with your compound game. I, I know a lot of people have talked about that <laughs> actually, including, uh, do you know who, uh, Logan, uh, what's his last name? I think it's glad glass, glass burn glass. Burn? I, the guy at Attaboys, Logan, yeah, the Bowman glass burn. I'm pretty sure it's glass burn. Okay. Bottom line. So two hundreds right dude he's dude he yeah. killed he killed a 170 plus like on public land um uh, back in the day yeah oh yeah um so he's an assassin but he uh last year he was number one in asa of um ohio he was like ranked number one going into like the final month of the summer asa i don't know how this stuff works but dude was like in the compound world so clearly he's a stick bow bow hunter killed uh, kills a lot of stuff with a stick but actually he told me he's never killed a big buck with a compound really wow. but yet he, he shoots all summer in these asa events in in the tournament 3d world shooting compound and then he bow hunts with the stick bow like an assassin that's crazy man that's dude that's... yeah logan's a, he they posted a picture the other day but he's wearing asat shorts and i'm like dude if a guy's wearing asat shorts he's a killer Oh yeah. Yeah. Guaranteed. You, you know, like those hardcore elk guys from back in the like nineties were rocking a set. Those were some, some bad mother efforts. Yeah. Oh yeah. No doubt. Um, but, but anyways, yeah. That, when you said that, I, I, I know that to be a, a thing that, that guys who dabble in the trad life, their compound shooting gets better. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen the same thing so far. I don't think I'm going to do anything crazy different. I'm going to check out that 0.75. I'd like to do that. Um, stick wise i kind of went away from the the doubles and kind of just went back to the compact minis um i was talking to logan and and i actually filmed this because he was breaking it down and it was a cool uh, concept but um i've always hated burning a even a cable aider low on uh, occasionally like let's say you get in the big woods i don't want to carry four sticks just because most times i only need three like 80 percent of my hunts I only need three but occasionally you got to get way up there and he said on those hunts, he pulls out the, the suede from his pack, which doesn't weigh anything. And with a cableator already on his stick, he can then put that stick like seven, seven foot, you know, over his head. And he can get to the cableator because he pulls out that single suede and just moves that from stick to stick to stick. So he said seven foot of stick, three of those, you're getting 21 feet. And I said, okay, I like that idea. Because last year I had cableators on two of my sticks. And then I had one really long aider I'd use on the bottom. And over the course of multiple hunts, that gets a little annoying to, to, to put a stick on a tree and then go to your backpack and pull out your long ladder system. So that's something I think I may look at, uh, just go cable leaders and all my sticks and the one hunt I got to get stupid high, pull that little suede thing up. Um, 0.75. Those new boots I've been rocking, I, I've been really liking those uh, uh, solos. Uh, I've been a big keen guy for years and uh, had some Solomons before that, but those uh, I can drive my truck in them and they're still comfortable, but yet I get out in the woods and they're super, they're, they're pretty stiff. I think uh, Rockslide rank, ranks them as like a three out of five on their stiffness scale. And I've really been enjoying those. Nice, man. Yeah, I was, uh, I bought a pair of Zamberlins at the beginning of the year and I've had Zamberlins in the past and 
they've been awesome. Like I, I have thousands of miles on my one pair of Zamberlins that I have. And this pair I'm at like, you know, probably, I think it's probably 300. I probably had them the whole year and they're starting to kind of fall apart on me already. So I'm not thrilled yeah. about that. Yeah. I'm a little, little frustrated. They were 400 and some dollars. So yeah, I expected to get a little bit more than that out of them. So I'm going to be looking for a different pair of boots next year, I think, especially if these ones start leaking on me. Okay. Uh, any, any big contenders out there um, that you're going to look at? Crispy, probably. I'll I was if I could have got my hands on some crispies, especially like the Thors, they're, they're not stupid stiff, but they're, they're stiff. Yeah. I really wanted to check those out. Those are cool looking boots. Um, I tried on a pair of Loas I really liked. Oh yeah. And I will own a pair of Loas. Yeah, I've been thinking about Lois too. That was the other brand. The um, REI had like a meat, like a medium stiff version, and then they had the the higher end stiff version. I like I like the medium stiff version. Um, to me, it was like a keen with a little more, uh, just a little more rigidness. And so, I will own a pair of those in the future. I I, I do believe. Now you're like an ankle guy, right? Like uh, yeah, I, I, a mid mid level boot. Uh, yeah, I don't have any near me, but yeah. Um, yeah, I like the higher, you know, like the 10, I, I would say like probably 10 inch ones. So they did have a Loa that had more of a eight to 10 inch and it was, it was ranked higher on the stiffness scale. It had a full shank in it. So yeah, yeah. Loa makes a, a good boot from what I've heard. So, so I'm going to check those out. Um, Jake, this is a popular topic you and I talked about a lot last September. And I think it's worth mentioning here. Out of state and out of state elk hunts, are they overrated? Are they overhyped? I would say yes. I would say for for us where we live. Yes. So because if you're from the East Coast, right? If you're from like around us, and if you're a well, I'm not gonna say necessarily yes, but I'm gonna explain why I say yes. Mm -hmm. If you're a serious, like passionate uh DIY whitetail hunter in the Midwest or on the East Coast or anything like that, and you have an a, a earlier season like Ohio does, you know, like the last week of September and, or you live in Kentucky or anywhere like that. And you're planning on going to a Western state in like mid September, let's even say early September. If you're really passionate about whitetail hunting, I just feel like it's going to do nothing but hurt your whitetail season. And it depends, I guess, you know, if you're a rut guy, it's different, but if you're really into, like, I'm a rut guy. Yeah. And it, I feel very similar. Yeah. So maybe not. Right. But for me, like for being an early season guy where I'm pulling my cameras in September, you know, I've got 60 cameras to pull in September. I've got six dedicated days. I need to be out in the woods before season even starts. And then I'm still trying to do a, at that point, you know, maybe a little bit of glassing around a spot that I located a good one, or maybe something like that. You're gone. And so you come back from your elk hunt from let's say you did 10 days, right? Well, you did a bunch of driving. Maybe you flew, but generally these guys are driving. I normally drive. You're doing a bunch of driving, you're doing a bunch of hiking. You just wore yourself out really bad. And now you're coming back to the East Coast to whitetail hunt. And it already feels like you've hunted the rut, basically. You're like, man, I've been I've been hunting my butt off for two weeks. And prepping hard. Prepping really hard. And I've just taken a huge toll on my body. I've been away from my family. I've been doing all these things. And now I got to get ready to go out and kill whitetails in two days. Like it's, for me, it doesn't work very well. And I still want to go elk hunting every once in a while, but I think it's going to be like every five years, every, you know, something like that. It's not going to be an every year thing for me. I just, I love whitetail hunting way too much. And 
I love targeting a big giant deer in the first couple of days of season way too much to just give that up. And I'm like a, I'm like an analytical guy. I'm a numbers guy. And the fact that I last year was gone for 10 days and I only hunted six of those days. Yes. And I burned all that PTO. I could go hunt Illinois, a the like a one of the top two to three premier whitetail states. I could take one day of PTO and I could hunt morning and evening and leave my house at midnight and get back early the next morning. And I could take one day of PTO and hunt both morning and evening. Like what? Like I just the whole hunting sixty percent of the time. Like that's not that's not ideal. Um, and what's your what's your success rate? In, on a, in a western elk hunt and not not necessarily just you but what's an east coast hunter's oh. success rate gonna be out there 90 per, like i would yeah, say unless unless you i mean clint casper comes to mind that dude like goes west like two to three times a year um, or like Bo, you know Bo or yeah. clint yeah guys yep. like that that are just killers and they're out there a lot they can get it done they're they're a whole different breed too i mean that's yeah yeah um but I think even Bo has had, uh, I, I don't think his batting percentage is, is all that great. Now he's killed a, a good elk. There's a film out there on that, but like uh, he had the altitude sickness last year. Um, he talks about the learning curve of elk hunting. He was bit by the bug. To me, I'm not bit by the bug. And, and if I do another elk hunt where I'm going to be gone for 10 days in my life, it's, it's, I would love to have a Byron Horton out in one of those Western States who who has scouted hard in the off season and is running cams, who's active, like it, damn, it, it might have to be like semi-guided or, or, or guided because I want to be in the game. And, and so much of the, the, the elk hunting is, is finding elk. And I've got 20 days of elk hunting experience. I have zero days of off, off season elk hunting experience. And think about like, if you reciprocate that on the whitetail side of things, I, I kind of struggle to kill one good buck a year here dude i live here yeah um so so the expectation or percentage to kill out there is is it yeah i don't it's not for me uh definitely not an every year thing definitely not an every two to three year thing it's i i just i look at efficiency and time away now if i lived even uh iowa iowa range right you, you're 12 hours from uh colorado and and maybe not much more to, to montana and a lot of those other western states me and you, we got a day's drive to get to Iowa. Yeah, I think it's it's eight and a half, nine hours, dude. I make that travel like six times a year. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's way out there, and you know, even if you start factoring in like the the tag cost or the point systems in most of these states anymore, and mm -hmm. it's it's daunting for me to try to figure out the points. Like these all every every state out there has a different point system now, and seems like even Idaho is getting more expensive now. And Montana used to be easy, but now Montana went to a different system and. So it's changing quite a bit. I don't know. It's, it's different, but yeah, I agree with you for sure that I think well, that it's going to be like every few years. Now, days. what about your out of state whitetail stuff? If hypothetically things go bad, you, you don't kill a buck early season. It's November 3rd. You still got an Ohio tag. Are you still going to go out of state or are you going to stay home and fight the battle here? Because I used to really want to, Oh, kill a buck over here, kill a buck over here. And now I'm kind of like, you know what? I think I want to just target really good deer in this home, home, home range. So last year, I'm going to use this as an example before I answer this. And going into season, it was a week before season. I think it might've been even like 
three or four days before season, you know, before I got the call about my dad, when I pulled those last cameras and I had the first 170, 170 inch deer that I had all year on camera. And then I had two 170 inch deer, you know, plus on camera in October and November total for like a total of maybe five or six times. Like I, I had glimpses of them a couple times and this is running a bunch of cameras. And then December hit and the end of December started to ramp up and then January hit and I had more giant deer patterned in January sitting here without a tag than I did at any point in the year. And, wow. you know, I was begging my brother to come to Ohio. I was like, George, we can kill absolute giant deer out here right now if you can just make it down here. So for me, I, I really don't like hunting November in my home state. Like hopefully I'm tagged out. Right. But if all goes wrong, I really think that I would find more joy playing the same chess match. I play early season in January. And, you know, I feel like I've got a bunch of Intel on late season bucks because I'm finding like, you know, 30, 40, 50 sheds a year down here. And I know a lot of these core areas, like that one Ridge, I found eight sheds with my brother. Like, I feel like I can get on that Ridge late season in January and have really good success on a good buck. I think that's your elite level scouting, sir. Um, even my trail cam data, I had some decent stuff in December. Um, and Lord knows, dude, if you get a trail cam pick of a, a, a fluff, a dofon peeing oh, in a yeah. scrape <laughs> in December, dude, just hunt it. Like, it is wild what happens the next 72 hours. Um, oh, yeah. Well, just, when, did you, when did you have the pictures that, uh, that monster? Can we talk about that giant eight? Is that? No, is that, no okay. that, that deer does not go. <laughs> there are a few people that have. I had to ask Justin Hollinsworth how big that deer was. I got you. I got you. <laughs> um, yeah, he was standing in a scrape uh, the 10th of December. Yeah. I think that's the only true, true daylight. I have some twin. Uh, I have a daylight pick in September and then a, a daylight pick uh, in December of that deer. But like all the other stuff was, was nightish. Um, but I have a video file on my phone and this doe fluff comes in and pisses in the scrape like December 6th. And the 7th through the 9th, rogue random good bucks small bucks medium bucks but because like dude it, it would it, it was stupid hot like uh if i learned anything from from running some cams last year it's like if you didn't kill a buck in the rut dude you need to run around all your cameras there in that like let's call it uh december 7th plus or minus a few days yes run around to your cameras on scrapes and just look for a fluff pissing in the scrape good way to kill one yeah, there's, there's no doubt. And yet, like you said, just keep bouncing every day until you find what you're looking for. Just pull the cam. If a fluff, yeah, if you had a fluff, work the scrape. Just hold on because in the next uh, 24 to 48 hours, it was like five or six bucks. And some of those are at night. You can't shoot those. But like you would have killed a good one. Uh, a couple a couple of these scrape cams come to mind. But uh, um, I don't even know how we got on that topic. But yeah, yeah. That, uh, um I know I had one other thing I wanted to discuss here. Uh, any, um, any major goals, future plans? You talked about your trip to Kansas, uh, New York sounds like it's on the docket. Anything else you want to lay out there for 2022? Uh, my, my personal goal in Ohio is to just put in a ton of work. You know, I've already put in, I would say quite a bit of work this year, but I just want to really 
get these cameras out and I want to be very patient with hanging in the cameras and I want to get them in the right spots. And I want to, I want to really make sure that I have them fine tuned the right way. Um, I want to get all of them out and I want to really just let them be. And then come September, I want to check them and hopefully have a couple giant bucks to pursue. I want to find the biggest buck I can. I want to chase them down. I want to kill them first day of season. I mean, that's, that's my goal. And yeah. I'll probably fail at that. Right. I'll probably, you know, it might take a week, might take a year. Might, I might not kill it here this year, but my goal is to do it the first day I go out. You know, I always tell you that, like I'm going out swinging without a doubt. So um, Kansas, I want, I would like to go out there and kill a good, I still have to get drawn. So I'm waiting on that, but I would like to just go out and kill like a, a good buck, maybe wait on something a little bit bigger this year, but it's really hard to pass up a, you know, a Pope and young buck at 20 yards out of state. Like that's, that's hard for me to do. Yeah. So, uh, and then New York, same thing. I want to go up to New York and I want to just, New York's different for me because that's like, that's my, my family hunt. So I go with my brother, you know, we'll kill some does. We might kill a buck during the rut or late season. When do you guys do that? Is that a every year thing or is it just, Hey, I'm going to come at one point during the deer season. It's good. It's yeah. It's going to be at some point during the season. And you know, I've, I've told him he agrees where if I'm not tagged out down here, I'm going to wait until probably the rut or the late muzzleloader season to go up there. Mm. But I mean, last year we went out in the mountains with muzzleloaders and we tracked down does and we killed does and we had a blast doing it. Oh, nice, man. So that was cool. And then I would say my two, like two of my biggest goals this year, uh, I'd like to get my brother a buck down here and I'd like to get Hannah another one. You know, she, Dude, yeah. her her picture right now is her in a buck. With uh, I don't even think there's a baby in that pick. There's not a baby in that pick, you know. Because it's hard to... she is queen of posting baby pics. Oh yeah, yeah, baby pics, baby <laughs> videos, baby TikToks. <laughs> Mail the day for that. That's crazy. But uh, but yeah, I, I hope I hope I can get her another good buck. I don't know if we're gonna make 150 inch or attainable every year for her. But... Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I even got text messages from from random people that like, dude, did you see that buck Jake Bush put his his honey dip on? I was like, well, yeah. I was like, it's Jake Bush, but uh, uh, yeah. I I remember you texting me that night. I was at the Badlands Film Fest, but like, I had two three other text messages come in from like just hunters, uh, Ohio hunters. Like, did you see this? (laughs) Yeah, she was uh, she was pumped, man. That was that was such a cool hunt to watch unfold. You know, it was. I was in a saddle five feet off the ground and she's in a stand six feet off the ground. And, um, well, that's had, how you do it. Yeah. She had glasses on. So I had to block the sun from glaring in her glasses and yep. she, she was aimed at what she thought was the right buck. And I looked over behind her shoulder. I'm like, no, 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 that's the right buck. That's the one you want to kill right there. And then he finally picked his head up and she saw it in the scope. She's like, Oh yeah, yeah. That's the one I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> But, uh, but it was cool, man. It like, I live for those experiences and, you know, like as serious of a trophy, you know, big buck hunter, I try to be, and I try to scout for, and for myself, like I love going out with friends or family and just like having, having those moments, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's super sweet after you've killed. Yes. Like, like, and even like my, Dave when Dave killed a buck a couple of years ago, like we drank beers in his driveway and like, I was like, dude, this is like awesome. Like I was so like happy and elated for him. I don't even think I had killed a buck at that point, but it was, yeah. You, 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 but, but last year when my sister killed, I had already killed. 
it was awesome, man. Like it, I was so pumped. Um, you're right. It, it, you put all this pursuit into yourself and, and you, you and I are very driven and goal oriented guys, but it is really cool when you see your, your friends, your family succeed and get excited and have fun. And maybe it's because we, we maybe coached them into certain stuff. Um, it is cool, man. It is a great feeling. It is. And it's, it's so cool because like, I've, I try really hard not to push people into it. Right. Because like, yes, it would be great. But I think that what, what ends up happening in a lot of cases is you're the same way as I am, you know, you're very passionate about it. I think that just like ends up rubbing off on people sometimes. And, you know, I'll, I'll walk upstairs every once in a while and Hannah will be looking at her buck on the wall. She'll be just like staring at it. And I remember that day. I remember the first buck I had on the wall and I, oh. burned, I burned holes through that thing. You know what I mean? I was like, There's nothing better than the first buck you put on the wall, man. Jake, how about like, like, what was your first buck? Like, like I remember, so, so full disclosure, I was living in a condo and uh, I paid a guy that was not even like full-time taxidermist. He ran a, a munition shop and he, the, the deer's like 120-ish, but he's like 18 wide. Oh, yeah. And like, dude, I stared at that thing for days. I put him in the corner to like... Oh, there was no better feeling. And, and for the longest time, like, you know, I'd been deer hunting. I'm like, when, when's my wall hanger coming? That was like something you dreamed about. It's like, when am I going to shoot a big enough buck to put one on the wall to shoulder mount him? Yeah, one of those magazine bucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was, I was, uh, my first, my first buck with a bow was, I think he goes like 115 inches or 116 inches. And that's a New York stud. It is, but, but I, we didn't have a ton of money back then. You know, I capped him. I've got the cap. I, I want to get him mounted someday, but man, I would just hold on to that thing. I mean, I can't believe I didn't just go to bed with that, damn, that those antlers. It was crazy, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's what it's all about, man. Yeah. I have my first buck right here, um, left to me. He's a five point. He had one eye and, uh, I think I stuck him like October 12th. Um, I was in college. Dave has a cool, cool first Bucky put on the wall story. Um, I'll have to have him tell the full story front to back, but, uh, you know, he killed that buck, didn't have a ton of money, found a guy doing them for like $200. And you can walk up to the mountain, see some of the lips that are wrong, the eyes, but it's like, it takes you back to that point in your life where he's living at, you know, not the best area of Columbus and like money was tight. And he had just, I think Peyton was either, coming or, or maybe under a year old but it, that buck means so much because like none of us have killed anything remotely in that range and here's this i i believe the deer's upper uh i think it's in the 40s uh, but but it just reminds us of that time in our lives yeah um so yeah i have to have tim him tell the first first buck he put on the wall story on the podcast maybe when he hasn't had too many uh bush light apples <laughs> But, but yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. That is, a, that is cool. I'm glad we talked about that, man. Jake, anything else you want to leave us with here? Uh, we're wrapping up here about a hour or so into this podcast. I'm sure we'll uh, talk off air. Yeah. I mean, we've got a couple uh mobile hunter road shows coming up. You know, you'll be at the Ohio one. I'll be at the Ohio one. I'll yep. be at the one in uh, Pennsylvania too. So it should be fun. You know, the, the last year was a blast. I mean, we met a ton of people. We had a good time. We uh, really got people, I would say, 
looking at some of this mobile gear that maybe they didn't look at before. And it was cool. It was really yeah. awesome. Everybody's story and everything else. Um, yeah. the, the BS talk and like the, the, some of the conversations that don't get on the podcast that don't get in, like I'm, I'm in a small YouTube video, but some of those things are so valuable. Jake and I are sitting there asking he Cisco 75 questions about X, Y, and Z, because you know, it's like, Oh, you know, he's been doing it for a while. And, um, those are the things that, that are really cool about the road show. It's, it's some of the stuff that doesn't get captured in some of the media that's around that show. And dude, it's bigger. Uh, I got to believe this year, the Ohio show is actually at a really cool facility. I, I believe it's at a pheasant farm with like an actual like venue where, uh, you know, it's just got some, some operational benefits uh, running it out of an actual location. And it's, it's very uh, centrally located. Like it's only like an hour from Columbus, Dayton, and Cincinnati. I bet it'll be very heavily attended. Oh yeah, I'm sure it will be. It'll be a great time for sure. So, and then uh, Jake, if by chance if people haven't checked out the YouTube channel, direct them there because there's a couple of really good hunts on there. And uh, the the kill shot from last year is phenomenal. Like that deer ducks ducks that branch, that oh. little moot. Like it's a pretty awesome self filmed like. It's definitely worth a watch. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Uh, there's there's two hunts from last year on there, my Kansas hunt and then my uh, early season uh, Ohio. I guess I'm a little partial to the the early season kill. I mean, it, it, dude, that's some of the best. Like, how how close was that deer? Uh, I shot him at 12, I believe. It was, well, that was that was 12 yards, like, range finder, too. So I would say, you know, what, maybe 10 and a half or something like that if you factor in yeah theorem. but uh but yeah he was close i mean he was he was close enough where i was like he's he's licking that you know that it was like a i don't know a sapling that they broke off with their antlers or something they turned it into a licking branch sticking mm -hmm. out of the ground and he was licking that thing at like 14 yards and i'm full drawn for like 40 seconds of that time but then when he leaves and he like does that little duck that maneuver duck, and you yeah. see just the heaviness of everything going oh, on yeah. dude it's burned into my brain yeah yeah it was awesome man and it's really cool moment you know and to be able to capture that stuff on film and, and look back on it too i mean you know what that's like it's 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 almost more for yourself than anybody else right like i watch those hunts and i just man i have a i love it i yeah. love watching it. i i i do catch myself like i don't watch them all that much um you know i just i just don't and when i finally put them on the tv i'm like oh man i remember that day and just it really, yeah, it takes, it takes you back to it. It, it is pretty cool that, to have captured a few things on film at this point. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. But yeah, the, uh, the YouTube's legends of the hunt and then Instagram, there's a legends of the hunt as well. And uh, yeah. Jake Bush on there too. You can find that one. If you want. And I would tell people if they've enjoyed this talk, like Jake and I have done probably three or four podcasts, maybe up to half a dozen. Oh yeah. Um, I would go back in one of our favorite podcast, my favorite podcast is the very first one we ever did. And like, I was like, Jake, like, like I'm a little bit more of a rut guy. And, and like, I do things at, at somewhat of a high level and, and my mileage is about a third of yours these days back then it might've been a half. Um, but it was really cool conversation to, 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 to pick your brain and bounce back and forth. And I would say a couple of our podcasts have probably been some of the best that, that, that you've ever done just cause I can like ask things that are, are very relatable. Uh, uh being that you and i talk off air we have a friendship at this point um i would definitely recommend people go back and, and listen to those 
yeah, I would say there's probably a, a bunch of good notes in, in all of those. And it's, you know, it's nice, like you said, it, they're, they're relatable and we have very relatable, uh, like passions for it and even, even styles to a certain point. And so you, you were asking the right questions and kind of setting me up for success, I guess. Well, I, full disclosure, I am a guy that, that, uh, I would love to go kill an early season buck. Um, there's, there's some holes in the game and I think early season is one of them. And, and, uh, you know, but, but I want to get better at it. I, I occasionally want to trip into one on October 5th. Um, it's going to happen. Dude, I, I, I looked at a card the other day, 10 through the 13th, I have a buck hitting this scrape in the morning. And I'm like, huh, it's pretty good little yearly information. And, uh, you know, he, he's pretty solid. Um, but then I had the debate of, of going after a couple of megas that I, that I might have located late in the year last year. So yeah, you better I don't even want to think about fall. Honestly, like I get a little stressed thinking about fall. Yeah, it only gets worse when you get the pictures of him in September. You're like, oh, he's here. He's still. Oh, God. Oh. But, yeah, I think it's going to it's gonna happen, man. You're going to catch up with your early season buck for sure. You're doing that right. or, or the wide buck that, that you trail cammed, uh, what was that, three years ago? Three years ago, I have that deer on camera. And, and dude, I was behind that buck 24 hours three times this fall. Yeah, you're, um, he's, he's sly, man. I dude, mean, dude, I, yeah, I don't know where he beds yeah we know in general okay he's in this 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 chunk yeah what two mile by two mile let's say like you've got a chunk but he's also heavily favored in 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 a certain area and it's like dude where does he bed yeah because i have him here flirting daylight and then randomly i got him over here and you're like i've scouted in between and i'm not 100 that's why they that's why they live exactly and that's you know it's he's unconventional i would say too where like a lot of the spots i'm hunting now are very conventional it's like okay the the sub ridges all point north or point east right like that's conventional he's a like an old wise unconventional deer if you can catch up with him like i think he beds low i i think he does but that's hard for me to accept in the hill that's that's something that i i i I don't know i haven't (laughs) witnessed it down here enough so so i caught one set of rubs kind of low and I yep. said, maybe, maybe he likes right here on this, like, first, first, first elevation shelf. I, 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 you're right. You well, know, why, I just, why not? Yeah, I think that you might be right. And I think we might have found the same rubs because I, I've got a hunch now. We'll have to talk offline a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we'll have to talk offline. But, uh, yeah, I, like I said, man, um, it'll be cool year. I, I'm, I'm pretty excited for it. Uh, I'm not excited for the gas price to hunt this year. I will say that. um that's not gonna be ideal no but but all right jake well i appreciate i'm gonna push paul or stop on this recording and uh i'm sure we'll chit chat a little bit all right man thanks for having me all right guys check jake out uh get his uh instagram and then like i said the youtube hunts pretty cool stuff